Janet Maslin of the New York Times says the first film in this series is best watched in the playful, none-too-serious spirit in which it was made. Hal Hinson criticizes the cast, noting that they behave as if our adoration were their birthright. And about its sequel, Variety Magazine says it exhausts its most inspired moment during the opening credits and fades into a copy of its 1988 predecessor, a slick, glossy, MTV-style western. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Young Guns. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, regulators. Oh, yeah, we're the regulators. Look out. Yes. Bam, 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 bam. Still starfighters, but today, regulators. And we're damn good. Oh, my goodness. This is Ruined Childhoods, and we are talking about Young Guns today. Yes. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for this in-depth discussion and exploration of the legacy of the Young Guns and whether and how they're, that's not even a word, uh, this anything could ever be done to add to the already spotless legacy of young guns i wouldn't say spotless i would say specific (laughs) young guns you know before anybody thinks about like what it's even about or who any of the characters are it's all about the actors because this was you know some of you know it was like a kind of a mix of like brat pack and just like miscellaneous i like hot young stars of the day yeah, yeah, it was one of those, uh, and it feels like they're specific to the 80s. They're not, but right, like The Outsiders, which was, I think, one of the first of those, like, you know, teen, like, Tiger Beat pinup, uh, you know, hot guy uh, ensemble movies. They, we have The Outsiders, and that that's Emilio Estevez is, like, that's his real, like, you know, it's not his debut. But a breakout but moment. That, that's his, his breakout. I mean, Tom Cruise, um, also Ralph Macchio, C. Thomas Howell. Right. Uh, but outside of Patrick Swayze was one of the bigger actors in, in The Outsiders. And it was Rob Lowe. Rob, Rob Lowe in The Outsiders. In mm-hmm. Rob Lowe's in The Outsiders. So I think like The Soda Outsiders. Pop? Which one is he? No, he uh, wasn't Soda Pop. I think C. Thomas Howell was Soda right, Pop, if right. I remember. Oh, Matt. So there's. Oh, oh no, sorry. C. Thomas Howell was Pony Boy. Pony Boy. Yeah. Matt Dillon was D- Dallas or Dally. Right. right. Uh, Ralph Macchio played Johnny. Patrick Swayze is Daryl. Rob Lowe was Soda Pop. Yep. Hey, I was right. Soda Pop. Yeah. Yeah. And then Emilio Estevez as Two Bit Matthews. Uh yeah, so that so like you you had a movie like The Outsiders, and then that's followed up by other movies like Red Dawn, which yeah. you know has that was Charlie Sheen was in that one I think, and Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey pre Dirty Dancing, um, right? 
But yeah, generally speaking, you had a lot of these, you know, like, let's just put a bunch of these, whether it was Brat Packers or or otherwise. But like, because Kiefer Sutherland wasn't Mm -hmm. really a, it was, this was also the like spawn of uh, famous like counterculture actors because you you've got uh Kiefer Sutherland and you've got Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen or Charlie Sheen Charlie Sheen yeah there. yeah yeah and then uh and then you have you know one of the newer stars Lou Diamond Phillips who had done you know La Bamba the year before yeah. and yeah. Stand and Deliver was before this right I, I think Stand and Deliver was the same year oh wow okay yeah yeah so you know he's just like this kind of hot up and coming young uh, star and Lou Diamond Phillips yeah Lou Diamond Phillips was and he was like it was just the right guy for this movie for this role yeah you know I tried to poke holes in his casting and you know the thing is he's of Filipino descent uh and he is known for playing you know specifically uh mostly Mexican characters although this character is I guess half Mexican, half Native American, and Lou Diamond Phillips does have Native American ancestry. Yeah. So yeah. that's not completely uh out of left field. It's it's more the Mexican half that that would fall under that category. Uh although he does kind of go there, but I wouldn't blame him for that. I would mostly blame the the direction for, you know, the uh and the writing for the, you know, Native American lore that follows him. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting, uh, cast because in addition to the, the young guns themselves, you know, you have people like Terrence Stamp, you've got Jack Palance, you have Terry O'Quinn, uh, you know, you've got a lot of those kind of like older actors, like even though Terry O'Quinn at the time wasn't that much older, but he was older. Right. And then young guns too. You've got James Coburn. Yep. Uh, stepping in, and I'm trying to remember who else was it. Uh, it's funny because Young Guns 2 also in- features an early Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen, that's right. Bradley Whitford is there. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Schiff is in right. there. Um, yeah, little little West Wing pre-union. I know, I know, yeah. Richard Schiff and, plays uh, like Rat Boy or something like that. Like it's that's Rat Bag. Rat Bag, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you've got some of the... Uh, the other young guns, Christian Slater and Alan Ruck, who's been certainly having uh, a ruckusance a ru- with uh, succession. With succession, quite, quite. I thought you were going to say a ruckus, but a ruckus. Yes. Well, I wouldn't even yeah. call it necessarily no. a, a ruckusance because you know, uh, aside from succession, I don't know if he's in much else, but he's really you know standing out. And I feel oh, like there I- was a long time where Alan Ruck was just known as you know Cameron from Ferris Bueller, and then he's really kind of crossed over the line now where he is Connor Roy. Well, he's, uh, he was in, and I know this is going back, you know, five years, but he was on the first season of the exorcist, uh, adaptation he's, on Fox. And he's in everything. He's, he's, he's been, he's always, I mean, yeah, speed. It's like, it, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like he's just, he's always been there, but yeah. this role on succession has really just boosted him into a different dimension. Right. Right. So you've, so yeah, so you've got, uh, Alan Ruck about the Zargetti who at this, Zargetti. um, at this time had also just starred in the, uh, 1990 adaptation of Lord of the Flies. 
So right, he was like that was his kind of moment where I I think he was supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio, and then Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, happened. He's yeah, he's kind of got that look. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. like they're they're trying In a weird that name. Out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Balthazar. Well, I think he is also he's an ancestor of the you know the Getty, the Gettys. Uh, yeah, the Gettys. So he's yeah. of that of that lineage. But yeah, so yeah, uh, Christ, right, Christian Slater, who was breaking out in that he he had already been you know Legend of Billie Jean is yeah. you know five years before this and uh, other uh, the Wizard, of course, right? Yeah. yeah. So of course, yeah, but before Young Guns, Young Guns too. So, um, yeah. So, John, we synopsize. Do you want to? If you want to synopsize, I was also. I can also share with you. I don't have an exact. I don't have an. Uh, I don't have an exact kind of situation or circumstance for when I first saw the original Young Guns, but I could tell you I saw Young Guns too at the Rialto Theater. Yeah. In the in the upstairs section. Got it. Got and it. I, I'm I'm almost positive I still have the ticket stub from when I saw you. Oh Guns my god, too. of course, of course. Yes. Uh all right. So when I was I I, I did these synopses and uh, I'll talk afterwards about my uh initial viewing of these because I had I know that I have seen them before, but I don't uh I don't really remember them because I don't think that I had seen them since they were on TV or blockbuster night situation. I really don't remember. I know that I had seen them, but I didn't know how. And I didn't remember them. Might not have been TV. Might have been HBO. It might have been HBO. That's right. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Young Guns, 1988. Here we go. John Tunstall is an enterprising cattle rancher and a market owner who takes in troubled young men to work on his farm in exchange for room, board, and lessons in refinement to turn them into upstanding gentlemen. Shortly after John brings in a boy named William, he is murdered by a gang controlled by his business rival, Lawrence Murphy, who has the entire town government in his pocket. John's boys are all deputized in an effort to properly arrest Murphy and his goons. John's boys consist of Doc Skurlock, a poet, uh, Jose Chavez y Chavez, a knife-throwing Mexican slash Native American, and three ruffians named Dick, Charlie, and Dirty Steve. And now, William, a.k.a. Billy, is part of the crew. Billy positions himself as the leader of the gang by taking matters into his own hands by murdering the suspects rather than arresting them. This creates tension and many unnecessary deaths. Once the authorities catch on to this, they are all de-deputized but they continue to stalk and kill their prey. They discover this by reading the newspaper, which will also dub Billy as Billy the Kid, a moniker to which he takes a liking. After a long and drawn-out shootout that results in many deaths, Billy, Doc, and Chavez manage to escape and go their separate ways. That's that's what I've got for uh, for that one. They take Palance down with a... They... they... He takes Palance oh, yeah. down with a with a shot to the head. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's of course a lot more. Uh, there's this whole subplot where Doc, who's played by oh. Kiefer Sutherland, is uh, you know involved with this woman who's kind of a she's a sex slave for Murphy, and uh, it's complicated. She's the, the daughter of what? Like a lawn lawn? They own like it was a laundry. 
service. Oh, was that what it was? I don't remember. It was a daughter, like the daughter of, they were Chinese immigrants and the daughter of this laundry service that like owed him money or something like that. And he just like, he took their daughter and she was ba- like, I think she describes herself as, as his quote unquote ward. But oh, yeah, yeah, she's basically, we all know. yeah, we all yeah. know. We know yeah. there's a lot of, and and there's a lot of, there's also, there's insinuations about Tunstall. Uh, I don't remember that. There is a moment and, you know, it's, uh, of course, didn't, didn't really occur to me when I saw it back back in the day but you know you're watching it and even hearing the discussion you know he takes in young men and right. uh teaches them refining and i i think it's like i think it's actually jack palance as murphy who he makes a comment or something huh. or like there's there's definitely some like nudge nudge wink wink about like ah yes we see you have a uh pro- Proclivity. I, I know. Oh, okay. Yes, you know what word. You know what word I'm trying to think of, but it's it's late. And uh, <laughs> but for for young for young men, and right. Well, so and and this whole story of John Tunstall and and these and the young guns, <laughs> you know, the um this crew. They it's it's a true story. Uh, and you know. S- I've heard that this is a the most faithful retelling of it that is yeah. on screen or you know documented in in any way. I uh, I know that there are certain things that are slightly different. I believe John Tunstall was almost the same age as the guys. Yeah, uh, just a little bit older, but not as old as Terrence Stamp. Oh, he might not even been as old as them. I think he was. Yeah, or he was Oh, really? So he was even younger than some of them. He wasn't Yeah, he wasn't much older and I don't think it was uh I I don't think Tunstall had as much of a like uh mentor/like-adopted slash father figure right. type thing. But that works for the movie. Like I think yeah, that, that oh, was yeah. one of the more effective parts of the movie. No, it works well because otherwise you're not going to sympathize with Billy the kid, um, you know, who's good, like, unless there's an emotional connection and he feels, and, and what he did, I'm, I'm reading off uh, legendsofamerica.com about the Lincoln okay. County war. So you got to cite your sources, man. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, in 1877, he was 24. Tunstall was 24. Oh, huh. Yeah. So then he gets shot, yeah, in 1878. Uh, and he had only hired Billy the Kid as a quote unquote cattle guard, basically because he wouldn't do like uh this other guy, Dolan, was kept trying to like get Tunstall to to like duel him. And Tunstall was like, I'm not a violent person, but I'll hire violent people. Oh. And, 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 but Billy the Kid, it, it said, um, it says that he claimed that Tunstall was one of the only men that treated him like he was, like he was freeborn and like that, that he was like Tunstall was only, was like one of the only people who like res- treated him with respect. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. I think that it's a really, 
interesting dynamic that they show in the movie. You have something else to say? Not right now. Oh, okay. So while we're on that subject, I just want to play a little clip of uh, the scene where they're all in Tunstall's boarding house, the farmhouse, and uh, he's making them practice reading. And this is also when we find out that uh, that Billy kind of has a, a, a background of education, even though when we first meet him, he is just a scrappy street dweller. There are plenty of men who will never succeed. Succeed? Succeed who will never succeed anywhere. We got a whole room full of them right here. Well done. William. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, excuse me, Billy. Very sorry to offend you. But we congregated here to learn to read and write. You need more than skill with a firearm to succeed in the new world, Billy. So take up the journal and start where the other boy left off. Or you can go straight back to your home on the streets. Young men who don't know how to do any kind of business and have no energy or application they better stay at home near their relatives so they can be taken care of. They are not wanted here and will only come to grief, but men of enterprise are practically sure of success. Splendid. A splendid reading, William. Thank you. Yeah, so I I don't know, can't I really read. appreciate the way that I I mean, Terrence Stamp uh, does a great job. I feel like it's so unfortunate that he gets killed off so quickly because he's great. Uh, The dynamic between him and Jack Palance is really fascinating. And, uh, you know, he's they're both they're they're business rivals. Uh, You know, what? I'm just going to play this part of kind of this one showdown that they have. Mm. And uh, this one also highlights, Dan, something that you had uh, requested that I I pull, which is something about, you know, Jack Palance's Irish accent in this as Lawrence Murphy. It's magnificent. It's magnificent. Do you see our good sheriff sitting up there on that horse? Do you know how much money he's got invested in my store? His life savings, John. And it's not just Brady who wants me to be getting those contracts. Territorial District Attorney, the Chief Justice, the U.S. District Attorney, the Santa Fe Ring. This is a family thing, John. And you don't come prancing in here with your fat foreign capital trying to change things. I made a very long steamship job. Yeah, so I don't know. I just love the way that Jack Palance just like puts everything he has into it. Uh, And this is something that we've seen in... A lot of movies that we've covered, you know, the City Slickers movies, he really puts it all in there and he reaped the benefits of it for the first City Slickers. And then also in uh, Tango and Cash, right? he like really puts everything into it. Oh, um, oh yeah. so and, much. And we didn't cover it on this one, but also in the 89 Batman. Yeah. He like yep. really puts, he acts. He's just like, I am going to act. Now suppose this 
son of a bitch. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This was He's definitely fantastic. this was definitely this great period uh, of the 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 palanisance, uh, uh Yeah, right. Where it was just damn it, we need an older guy to play like just a super evil, like slimy villain, Jack yeah. Palance. Yeah, he was the guy. Get yeah. me Palance. Yeah, and you know what? He uh, did his best attempt at the Irish accent, and there it was. He throws and, uh, he throws a little bit in. He just he's like he's like he's like I'll do a little bit of an accent, but I won't do much. I don't. That's not a Jack good, Palance. That, yeah, yeah. No, that was not a good impression. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh shit! I won't do that again. I'm sorry. So so. When I watched this movie this past week, I've got to say, it's it's bad. I don't know, Dan. I know that you like this movie a lot and I, have and have a fondness well, for it. I, it is I, not I, good. I have a fondness for it. To say I like it a lot would be an overstatement. I I like it. Uh, there was a lot about it this time that that I I found a bit trite. Uh, yeah, and the the score is, yeah. Let's listen to some of that. Yeah, may I may I pontificate a bit on the Young Guns score? Sure. So every time I hear the score from Young Guns, I think to myself, this doesn't sound like the score from some like big studio summer blockbuster. This sounds like the score from Iron Eagle or something right. like that. And then I remember that like Iron Eagle had like original songs by Queen and. <laughs> Oh, here oh, we go. Yeah. Oh, is this the yeah. beginning where you see all this? This is the beginning. The cool, those cool close-ups of the actors. So, yeah. So, right now, what you're seeing is each actor mugging for the camera, kind of like tipping their hat and kind of like winking and, you know, just being like, I'm a cool 20-something actor. And then, uh, you know, it's like going one by one and it's all like blown out. It's black and white and it's like very Grainy. stylized. Yeah. It's really strange. And then um, pretty soon we're, they're all just going to start like picking up their guns and blasting away. But like I hear this music and I, all I can think of is like, I don't know, it, like planes landing and taking off on aircraft right. carriers. And, like it's. Yeah, the music is wildly distracting. Oh, here come the guns. The young guns. Oh, and then we pick up the beat. Yeah, the music is way off. It is very distracting. And I feel like this movie does suffer from a bit of an identity crisis because of the beginning and with the score, you definitely have this like 80s stuff to it. But I feel like the wardrobe still is very stuck in the, you know, in the in the era, in the, in the period. And right. I feel like they they should have either leaned in and made it more 80s-y and and really just kind of gone for like the we're not going this is not a serious retelling of this story and and really just gone for it or play it straight yeah i i agree uh and honestly i don't think that i don't know that the inclination to go like when you say to go like full out 80s billy the kid do you mean kind of like almost in a and i mean this is a I don't have a better comparison at the moment, but like Marie Antoinette, where it was definitely set. Yeah. But yeah, there or, or Amade, like Amadeus, we talked about this with the Amadeus episode. Yeah. But kind of making those very intentional choices 
is that that's kind of what you're thinking? Not I think like, so. Yeah. Not like an 80s set retelling of Billy Kid, kind of like like Legend of Billy Jean was right. an 80s set uh, kind of re- Joan of Arc. Kind of. Kind of inspired by Joan of Arc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, because that's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking is like, we need like that song from from Legend of, of Billy Jean, you know, I will be invincible. Like that's what, <laughs> as they're like, as, as Billy the Kid's like riding off at the end. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and, and I feel like Young Guns too. You know, they the things about Young Guns too that are most memorable, aside from like Christian Slater, is also like the Bon Jovi song "Blaze of Glory" that plays over the end credits. And it's like, I I don't know. It almost seems like these movies they they want to be very like current to the time. Uh, granted Young Guns 2 was 90, I believe, yeah. so it wouldn't be 80s, but, uh, it, it's, but yeah. it's still, but, but Young Guns 2, Young Guns 2 commits more because yes, there's the Blaze yes. of Glory, but Blaze of Glory doesn't come in until Not, the ending right. credits. Well, the score in Young Guns 2 definitely felt more appropriate. Oh, was it like Alan Silvestri or yeah, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt way better. And and in a lot of ways, I liked Young Guns 2 better. Oh, hands um, down. Young Guns 2 is a great example of a sequel that outdoes the original. You know, and it's like, of course, it needs the original to, to build off the story because... Does it, though? You're looking at me like, does it? Uh, you, know, I th- you know, it's built around the idea of... Um, I don't know. Well, okay. So before you jump yeah. into the synopsis for Young it's, Guns, that's what I'm too, saying. Like, well, no. I how do you, I get into it without getting into it? Well, no. You're going to go into the synopsis, but I think that you could accomplish with like some flashbacks or a prologue, even just like sure, a scroll yeah. of text at the beginning. You could accomplish that. You could. I. This was one of the things I thought about while watching the movie. Was could you have released Young Guns two? With, I mean, and of course, not calling it Young Guns too. Like, I mean, yeah. call it Blaze of Glory. Uh, um, it, yeah, sure. Yeah, could you? Which was its like unofficial subtitle? Uh, was it really? But you know, could you have released that movie without having released the original Young Guns and have this movie make sense as kind of a a you know, okay, well, this is kind of the myth and the legend of Billy the Kid, but what if he wasn't shot by Pat Garrett? Yeah. Cue synopsis. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, uh, as we talked about with Amadeus, historical fan fiction. Young Guns too. Yeah. Well, it's based on truth. It's based on the truth. But the- what I'm saying, yeah. right, but what I'm saying is the... The fact that it starts off with an elderly Billy the Kid. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the, yeah. the uh, you know, the framework unreliable of it is, narrator. Yeah. yeah, the framework of it is the is the fan fiction-y part. Yes. So, yeah. all right, here, here we go. Young Guns 2, 1990. An elderly Billy the Kid, who it turns out is still alive recounts the story where the first movie left off. Billy, Doc, and Chavez are brought back to Lincoln City to be tried for their crimes, but manage to escape, joining forces with Arkansas Dave and Pat Garrett. 
They later are joined by Hendry French and a young man named Tom O'Folliard. After Pat Garrett splits from the group, he is approached with an offer to kill Billy, so he forms a gang of his own to find Billy's gang. After many tragic deaths, Pat has Billy in his crosshairs, but lets Billy get away and and instead has a fake funeral for him. So... Obviously, that is a very abbreviated version of everything. Did I get something wrong? Oh no, no. But I wanted to. Okay. I wanted to share a, a bit. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to go into cast because we kind of already talked about it. But oh well, yeah. Add what you want to add. Uh, so actually sharing a bit about the end. Uh, so from IMDb trivia, found an unlikely connection between two of our our between uh, this and and a recent episode of ours because okay. as as IMDb trivia, the go-to source for uh, insightful information, tells us the last thing heard before the screen fades to black at the end is Billy the Kid's unique laugh. In Amadeus, the last oh. thing heard before the screen fades to black is Mozart's unique laugh. Weird. <laughs> Sorry, file that under IMDb coincidences. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and ruined childhood coincidences. We did not expect that to have any parallels, but here we are. No, there I was scrolling through and I was like, how is it that the trivia for Young Guns 2 is mentioning Amadeus? That's amazing. That's super weird. Um, but I just want to play uh, a quick clip from the beginning uh, that I have uh, called Billy the Old because this is <laughs> Emilio Estevez's like old man Billy the Kid voice. I'm dying. And I don't want to go before the governor. I want to be pardoned. Pardoned? For what? That's Bradley Whitford. For the killing of 21 men. I was promised to pardon. 70 years and three months ago. And you tell him that you're bringing in Rashid Bill Roberts, alias William Antrim. Also known as William H. Bonney. Whoa, whoa, whoa. William H. Bonney? Alias Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, huh? Billy the Kid was shot and killed by Pat Garrett. Everybody knows that. It's common knowledge. <sighs> there are other lawyers around you, piece of chicken shit. Get back in your vehicle and drive. Before I make it 22, just for the goddamn hell of it. That's the voice of two children in a trench coat trying to get into an R-rated movie. (laughs) That is not the voice of an actual old man. The makeup they did on him was good. Yes. I thought that that was very good. But the voice, they should have overdubbed him with somebody. It was bad. I heard he had to fight. I heard he had to fight to do that. That like the studio was not convinced that, that he could handle... The uh, the old the studio was right. Well, so what he did was like he hired a makeup artist to have, and like he went out and was like like spent the day out as an old man, and, and was like no one knew. Baloney. That's <laughs> absolutely not. Oh my god that that voice as soon as it started and I heard that voice I started laughing so hard. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> but it's great but you know it, it makes for a very interesting way to tell the story yeah yeah and he, he, you he's, know? he's no f murray abraham no Ooh, I, I, f. Murray yeah abraham yeah 
<laughs> you have really spoiled us, F. Murray. Yeah, you and your acting. You and your acting. You and your acting. Yeah. So, uh, Young Guns 2, I thought that the things that were really interesting about I mean, Christian Slater, of course, just like completely, you know, does as much stealing the show as possible. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, in the first one, Charlie Sheen has just a kind of... I feel like he he dies pretty early on. And yeah, that, that was a that was a shocker at the yeah, time. Yeah, he doesn't have like a huge role. Um, yeah, so but he was a big star, so it was surprising. Yeah. that that he was killed off so so quickly. I wonder if that was Emilio's influence to be like, "This is mine. This one's all mine." They went before Martin, and he chose. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. yeah I so, guess well, yeah. Amelia was Billy the Kid, and it it is historically accurate. Right. So. It is his story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I and I feel like um, Doc's uh, the introduction for Doc in Young Guns Two was really great. You know, he's teaching in oh, New York, and I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't really remember how they reintroduced. Uh, Chavez, he Chavez. He's just he's in the pit. He's he's just there. He's in the he's pit. Just already they, there. they throw Kiefer into the pit and uh, Kiefer, Kiefer. <laughs> so and and then and Lou Diamond Phillips and John Bon Jovi were already in there. <laughs> yeah, along with screenwriter John Fusco. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, who's also in that in that scene. But yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. Bon Jovi, and that was, I remember like that, it wasn't a secret that Bon Jovi had a cameo. It was a big deal. Oh yeah, like you were- A marketing ploy. Well, yeah, I mean, they they gave him a little slow-mo when he gets shot. <laughs> so you'd have that moment where you saw his, his, his face, oh, it's Bon yeah. Jovi. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so- I don't know. I think, and and I felt like Alan Ruck was a good addition. I mean, um, in the in the first one, I don't think that we even uh, that we even mentioned this one. But uh, Dermot Mo, Dermot Mulroney was one of the the um, the regulators. Yeah, Dermot Mulroney, and he yeah. was Dirty Steve. He was Dirty Steve. Yeah, Casey Shemasko, who Casey Shemasko, and right. Ka- Casey Shemasko's dialogue has been immortalized at the beginning of Warren G and Nate Dogg's Regulate. That's right. Yeah, I was thinking of using that one for the song at the end, but I was like, I don't want to have to bleep stuff. <laughs> I was wondering, and there there were quite a few things that I thought about, and I just thought I was like, you know what, John always picks makes the right choice, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't throw out any of my uh, suggestions there. I considered it though, I considered it, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Casey Schmusko was uh, I don't know, I didn't love his performance. It was a little yeah. dry, maybe a little I don't know, I uh, too acty. I don't know. There's I something mean, about it. I guess like well he has that that the couple of scenes towards the end where he he gets married and Yeah. Yeah, and then he and it's kind of it's 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 an emotional moment I think when he uh when, when he meets his end. Uh yeah. in, in in the in the first one and and it's one of those moments where you where you what I, one of the things I like about this movie is that even though uh, it wants it wants its audience or both of these movies, they want their audience to sympathize 
with Billy the Kid. But in moments like when Casey Shamasco's character is killed, you you kind of have a like you hate Billy the Kid for getting him you know wrapped up and for making everyone feel like billy the kid is he's that kid who gets a who gets away with everything and that other kids see and they're like oh oh he gets away with that let me try it and then they don't get away with it right he's just that kid who magically just just you know makes it happen i mean even up to the supposed uh you know fake fake death pat garrett not really and that's up for that's one of those things that's actually kind of up for debate was did billy the kid there were a lot of people who had met brushy bill roberts and thought that yeah that's him but it was never yeah yeah i mean i think that I mean, clearly, Billy the Kid is, you know, legendary outlaw. And, of course, there's going to be movies made about him. He'll appear in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, rightfully so. And I feel like, for me, that's the true Billy the Kid. Emilio Estevez, I don't know. Like, there was just something so... I didn't... I mean, I never liked the character in these movies. I was never rooting for him to win. Uh, He was just so smug and just kind of a dick all the time. And he got his like, I don't, I don't even know if you'd call him his friends because pals, pals, really. Yeah. He was, you know, using them a lot of the time. And it was a lot of, for a lot of reasons just to like kill because it's like, you know, as far as we know, he didn't know John Tunstall all that well not certainly not nearly as well as all the other guys but he was kind of like kept on using him as an example in the first movie about like why it was important for them to keep going he's like oh for john and we you know you know which was he was bringing that up a lot which was like true which that according to how do we know what billy the kid was thinking uh legends of america.com john legends of america.com well but in the movie I never felt like it was genuine. I always felt like he was using it as a way to just shoot and kill. I mean, that was probably what it was like in real life, but he did he did use that as his excuse. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, like, that made me like him less that he was kept on doing that. No, he's not. And, and that's, I think, a, 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 like, actually a strength of the movie is it doesn't, even though it tries to make him sympathetic, it doesn't make him likable. Right. Especially because the other characters around him are much more likable. Doc is a much more likable character. Of course. Chavez is a much more like sim- is yeah. much more likable and sympathetic character. Yeah. Uh I mean in Young Guns 2 they throw in Arkansas Dave who right. Maybe he's there to make uh to make Billy the Kid seem a bit more likable. I it seems like it because that's Christian Slater's character and he's right. like, you know, a douche. Yeah. He always thinks he's the leader of the game gang and there's that funny moment too where they're they're in trouble and they're they're under siege and and uh it, Billy just it's like Dave, it's your gang now. Are they in dark territory? They're in dark they they are indeed they are under siege 
in dark territory too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I took me a second to remember what the, the title of the second one was called. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, I think that the way that Emilio Estevez played the character just rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't know if it's also because, you know, Emilio Estevez, you know, just a few weeks ago was in the news because the Mighty Ducks series that he's in is moving forward without him because he won't comply with the COVID regulations and the vaccine regulations. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So I, oh, I didn't feel like that. I've had a bad taste in my mouth for Emilio Estevez for the past few weeks because of that. So that might be coloring my opinion oh. on his performance in the Young Guns movies, which is a wild thing to say. I did not know that. But you know what else is a wild thing to say, John? What's that? You, we, like that Under Siege 2 reference comes up. Did you not realize making that reference that Under Siege 2 Dark Territory is directed by Jeff Murphy, director of Young Guns 2? Wow. Wow. He, he's the guy who takes on the sequel. And I believe you liked Under Siege 2 perhaps better than I the original Under Siege. did. I loved it. So it was Jeff so Murphy good. Jeff Murphy also did uh Free Jack which is a movie that I haven't seen I it in a long Free time. Jack. I I I remember I started watching it again recently and Free Jack is one of those like it's I think it could be so bad it's good. Like okay. Mick Jagger is like right. a time traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Bounty Hunter. Ooh, we should cover that sometime. We could definitely cover Free Jack. I think I know uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Uh, so... Are we glicking out? Are we glick? Oh, no, sorry. I was Leo Getzing. I was Getzing. You're Leo Getzing. Got I was it. Ge- okay, okay, okay. I mean, yeah. So... <laughs> and so yeah so anyway so jeff murphy uh directed this christopher kane directed the the first uh the first young guns and uh christopher kane would be best known from i think he did like the next karate kid okay with uh with hillary swank right i i, I i'm i'm not sure i think he oh he also did he did like pure country Okay. Which I don't, I, that was starring a famous country singer. Uh, he's done a lot of Western, Western stuff. He did, mm-hmm. uh, oh, speaking of Joe Pesci and Danny Glover, uh, uh, he did Gone Fishing with Joe oh, Pesci and Danny okay. Glover. Yep. The Amazing Panda Adventure. Um, let's see. Young Guns. Oh, he also, he directed The Principal. With the principal. Uh, the, with Jim Belushi and uh, Lou, Lou okay. Gossett Jr. That was then. This is now uh, starring Emilio Estevez. So, yeah. So Christopher Kane, uh, he did Young Guns, the, well, the original. That? And uh, Jeff Murphy of Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, <laughs> and Free that's Jack so, That's so bizarre. That is truly bizarre. So cra- that is so, so crazy. And I, I, I for a moment, you, like- Mention it, and I was like, "Wait a second! I remember <laughs> seeing that the, that it has the same director. What the? F-? Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Young Guns Two, just in general, has a you know, like a higher production value. Uh-huh. It, it is. It's also got it, 
if you look at the cast, in addition to who we mentioned, there's a lot of great character actors in there. Tracy Walter, who uh, people would recognize from a lot of different movies, especially 1989 Batman. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Walter's like a good friend of Jack Nicholson. So he's in like most of Jack Nicholson's movies. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, also shout out to William Peterson, who plays Pat Garrett. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Who's great. Yeah. I mean, he's in like CSI or something, but he's also. Well, he's in Manhunter. Is... Manhunter. Uh, I, you know, I was just going to say Cousins because I watched that not too long ago and I remembered him very, very vividly from that one. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, we mentioned James Coburn earlier uh Vigo Mortensen which is just like man he's such a little baby but it's so perfect for these types of roles also Jack Kehoe Jack Kehoe has yeah. Ashman uh, Upson yeah and I I man Jack Kehoe pops up in all these things where once you know who he is yeah. you, he's everywhere I, lo- I in Midnight Run he plays he's like Joe Pantoliano's sure. like assistant yeah he's uh, in Serpico the Untouchables yeah um, yeah uh, Leon Rippey, who I feel like pops up in most Westerns done mm-hmm. in, in the last 30 to 40 years. Uh, he was on, uh, he was on Deadwood. I, I really liked his character on Deadwood. Cool. Yeah. So Robert Nepper, who uh, is, he's, he's, uh, does, has done a lot of TV. Yeah. Uh, Heroes, Prison Break, yeah. I Zombie. Yeah. 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 I think of him mostly from, from heroes. I really liked him yeah. in that, but yeah, uh, a great, a great cast for young guns yeah. too. Young guns too is great. And, and I should also note that like, you know, um, we mentioned that William Peterson plays Pat Garrett in young guns too, but in young guns one, uh, Pat Garrett is played by Patrick Wayne. So yeah, he's got and yeah, it's a smaller role. Yeah, and yeah. Th- there's also like I think the relationship between Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid was definitely exaggerated for these movies. From yeah. what I from from the the little research I I did found that like they had encountered each other. I think like they liked to play cards at the same saloon. Uh-huh. But they weren't really like friends. They didn't ride together. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, so Young Guns 2 definitely exaggerates that. I know that like they moved around the deaths of different characters, like Casey Shamasco's character mm. in the first one. Charlie. Charlie doesn't die. He dies actually when Kiefer Sutherland, when Doc dies in Young Guns 2. Mm. Doc actually didn't didn't die during this doc died in like the 1920s oh weird yeah yeah uh chavez uh i think chavez also survived uh okay yeah yeah so doc yeah doc died in 1929 huh okay yeah but i think it was uh Kiefer sutherland's schedule well yeah, I think that also in young in the first one, I think that like he, you know, just became like a father or something, and I don't know, there was like some sort of thing going on with oh with yeah. Uh, but also, it's interesting is that the year before Young Guns was the Lost Boys, where right. he had a a much more significant, you know, uh, very different kind of role. Whereas in this one, he's just like a good old boy, kind of, you know, somebody who's just trying to reform himself and become 
this dignified guy who just like, you know, got himself into some trouble and John Tunsil was like getting him out of it. And he gets into this whole mess. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And oh yeah. Chavez, Chavez died in 1924. Okay. He was, he had been pardoned. Oh, okay. And let's and his see. whole thing was his knife throwing skills. Yes, his knife throwing skills and his and his gorgeous long hair. Yeah, man, Lou Diamond Phillips, <laughs> so stoic. Uh, and then yeah, Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. There's there are like different rumors as to what happened to him, but I think the most I think the the accepted truth is that he uh like made it to Mexico as he does in young guns too. But then like he was beheaded. Oh, yeah. I, I read that somewhere. They yeah. wanted to keep like American outlaws from, uh, from coming down there. But I think he was also involved in the, uh, uh what does it say? There's a disputed story that he taught doc holiday to use a pistol. Huh? Um, yeah, I guess there was some interaction with Wyatt Earp. Okay. So, so is this where we get into, uh, our, our ideas to bring this back? Is there some sort of crossover in your mind, Dan? <laughs> no, no, but only, only because, uh, because Val Kilmer, uh, can't, can't play, can't um, reprise his role. Yeah. 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 So, well, maybe his son could, his uh, son who sounds exactly like he, like he did, uh, as you could tell, because he does the voice of Val Kilmer in the documentary Val. Mm, and it's yeah. like, how is he doing this? The <laughs> Tombstoneverse. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, why don't, you know, do you want to, you want to go first? Kick it off. Yeah. You know, my idea was really just to do a, a straight remake, uh, because it's a fascinating story. And I think that there's a good way to tell it because, Let's face it, no one's really going to watch Young Guns these days. If you're going to watch a, a movie about this like fascinating story and like the, kind of the origin of Billy the Kid, you know, there's there's an audience for that, I'd say, every 30 years or so. <laughs> so why not, uh, you know, kick it back up again and 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 do it now with with some of the, the young stars now. But like, don't go as heavy on the like keeping it modern and fresh, just like play it straight and uh yeah have fun with it make a western yeah just make a western just i make mean a western. there i feel like uh the way that things are shot these days compared to 88 the the picture is just so much more rich and you know you can just get such i don't know like the the there's a lot of directors out there right now who can really just get these like really beautiful uh landscapes that they, that they weren't there in young guns yeah. No, right, and that that's something I I I like to watch a lot of the older westerns for uh, are those those landscapes. Yeah, and Young Guns yeah. is really really missing that. Yeah. So uh, first of all, let's let's address that there there's been some. I don't know if this is wishful thinking on the part of the people involved, but there has been talk of a Young Guns three. Uh, with Emil really? Emilio Estevez and uh, John Fusco, they th there was a like a kind of you know photoshopped like poster that they oh, made. Good. It was oh, called good Lord. like Alias Billy the Kid, uh, and 
yeah, there's there's a, some speculation as to whether or not he would, uh, you know, come back. I I don't know how likely that I don't I really don't know how likely that is that we would yeah. see, actually who see is, a young guns. Who is that for? That's my question. Is like who is that for? Because. I think, you know, Young Guns and Young Guns 2 just appeared on Hulu recently, yeah. which is what I think gave us the idea to just, like, go for it. But I don't know. I, I mean, what is the demographic for this? And, you know, movies these days, when they're being made or being sold to studios and stuff, it's the idea is just about how profitable it can be, especially if you do it, like, overseas. And I feel like Young Guns is not as iconic as maybe... Uh, Emilio Estevez thinks it is and the people that are fans of it are fans of the nostalgia for this not for something new necessarily yeah yeah I I, I don't see it I I really don't even as even as like something that goes directly to a streaming service and doesn't even hit theaters yeah I don't see it having as much of a as much of a uh an audience now where i do see the potential for an audience and where you could definitely you could feed off the nostalgia for young guns would be a film about the lincoln county wars sure and Mm -hmm. but that looks at it less as the story of billy the kid and more as like these are the Lincoln County Wars. Billy the Kid was someone who was involved, and that right. was kind of what established his his like I don't legend legacy. Yeah, kill, kill streak. Uh, right, right, right. So you could do that. I also, but I mean, my first inclination was I want to see something about the. And it, maybe not like the lawyer that that Bradley Whitford plays, but yeah. just his character made me because when I was before wa- watching it, I thought I remembered him as being a reporter. Uh, which oh he's, really? He's not. He's a lawyer. But yeah. I thought it would be interesting to to show the story of someone investigating Brushy Bill Roberts, the story of Brushy Bill Roberts, gotcha. and focusing not so like let's expand that section of it. Yeah, so let's see. This would be the 1930s, 20s, 20s. Well, I, I'm possibly later. I mean, it's the 50s, I think. In Oh, 50s, is that what it is? Yeah, because I'm just trying to think about like, yeah, I mean, it's I've established on this podcast before. I love a good newspaper, newsroom movie, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that anything having to do with like, you know, the... And it's like, it could be framed as like, it's a conspiracy theory. So and it's, you know, trying to investigate this conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, he kind of, he surfaced in 1950. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so it would be, it would be interesting to see kind of like a, and I'm thinking of Spotlight kind of the team that is investigating yeah. and going out and interviewing people. And I, I, I feel like you could, you, you wouldn't have to be as historically accurate. You could, 
it would be inter- interesting is more of like an investigative film and discovering i don't know what the purpose of it would be like what would your theme be would would you i mean maybe the purpose would be why would some really old man who's i mean he died uh in december 1950 uh-huh how would he like why would someone like this pretend to be billy the kid Pretend to be a famous outlaw. Would it, you know, is there like what other angles are there? Like who was the family of brushy Bill Roberts and Mm -hmm. what do they, and it it was uh, an episode of, um, it was a focus of a 2011 episode of Brad Meltzer's Decoded. And Hmm. it was also a segment on unsolved mysteries back in 1989. Really cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I between Young Guns and Young Guns too, uh, Unsolved Mysteries covers it. So I I think that I think that that's that's I think the story that I'm mostly interested in coming. No, I from think this. that's really cool. I like that idea. Like I don't need to see an Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh movie. I I don't need to see a Doc Scurlock like the true story of of Chavez. Or Doc Scurlock, and and also that that could all come up in this brushy bill. Although they died in the 1920s, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, you may, it's some historical fan fiction. I mean, I think that there could be an interesting story to tell with somebody like Doc or Chavez, and just like how their lives got kind of completely twisted around. Because what we know from Chavez is that he's the last of his tribe. Right, he is like the last one left, and you know, there's there's a story to tell there. And then he gets involved with this like gunslinging kid who ends up being this like infamous, uh, I don't know, like, uh, you know, killer. And I think there's, there's an interesting story to tell there mm-hmm. uh, without having to go into just the story of young guns. And Doc's story at least the way that it's told in Young Guns is super interesting. You know, it's this guy who's a romantic. He's a poet, even though his poetry is ripoff of Edgar Allan Poe. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and is a school teacher and, and that kind of stuff. But, like, he's also this outlaw. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that that's, that is an interesting story to tell. I don't know if it's necessarily a movie, but uh, right. it's something. Yeah, Uh I mean, also the fact that like Chavez went through, uh, I mean, I'm looking, I'm, I mean, looking at Wikipedia page here, but he was, uh, he was found guilty of, um, of a murder. He was arrested in May, 1894. He was found guilty, sentenced to death by hanging, granted a retrial and sentenced to death again the governor overturned the decision and his sentence was commuted to life in prison. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was at age 57, he was pardoned. Gotcha. Because apparently okay. during a riot, he had helped prison guards. And then he just kind of like lived in Las Vegas till, you know, for the rest of his life. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, speaking of 
life in prison. Do you want to tell people what we're doing on our next episode? Yeah. So for our next episode, we are going to be looking at 1994's uh, Academy Award nominated Stephen King adaptation, The Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman in perhaps his most iconic role, which Morgan Freeman having such a wide range of roles he's played that is saying something. Uh, But yeah, so we're going to look at the Shawshank Redemption, which, man, talk about a movie that has just, uh, you know, garnered a legacy in the years since it's since its release i'm i'm looking forward to to chatting about it and i've also just today finished reading the source material oh cool and yeah yeah i uh i haven't watched it in quite a long time so i'm looking forward to rewatching it yeah so um i'm excited but yeah so dan um everybody should Email us, ruinedchildhoodspot at gmail.com. Follow us on the social media stuff. Check out oh, our get links the, on our link tree. Get the, you know, get the merch. Uh, it's, yeah. it's this, you know, it is the season to be giving. And why not give the Jesse Plemons fan in your life uh, a... The Timothy Oliphant fan in your life, the Oscar Isaac Just fan like the random movie reference fan in your life. And, uh, you know, the, the merchandise really comes in. You, you get mugs, masks, bags. All sorts of stuff. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The whole kit and caboodle. That's right. Uh, well, Dan, as you are... Tossed out of a window in a trunk, I wish you a good journey. Good journey.